The Youthscape Podcast. It's Youth Work Monday. So yesterday was Youth Work Sunday. Hello everybody, I'm Rachel Gardner. And I'm Martin Saunders. And hopefully many of you were doing something youth ministry related in Youth Work Sunday yesterday in your church and we would love to hear about it, wouldn't we? So if you were doing Youth Work Sunday, get in touch with us, podcast at youthscape.co.uk or tweet us at youthscape. Fantastic, and we'll find out more. So how are you doing, Martin? I'm morning? well, thanks. That is yes, awesome. Yes, I'm well, and uh, the important thing about Youth Work Sunday, I love this thing you said last week Ooh. about when you get a taste of something, Yes, you taste get a taste for it. something, mm. and that certainly was my experience with Indian food and, uh, and other things, mm-hmm. but I hope that yesterday uh, that was the, the case for a lot of churches who maybe thought about or talked about or involved young people and don't normally do so. And now, all around, there's meetings all around the country in church offices up and down the land where people are going, hang on a minute, should we redouble our efforts to reach and care for young people in our community? Fantastic. Let's believe that yes. that is happening yes. right now. Right now, right across the country. That would be absolutely fantastic. Now, we know that not all youth ministry happens in a church-based setting, so we don't want to make any of our listeners who their youth ministry happens more in a kind of a school setting feel excluded. But I think it's really good news for the whole of the youth ministry sector, isn't it, when the church gets more on board with, with what is happening. I remember, Martin, um, being part of churches where, like at the beginning of September, they'd get all the teachers to stand up and you'd pray for them. Oh, and yeah. The doctors and stand up and you'd pray for them and I think it's great to really focus on the calling of youth ministry as well because one of the things that you and I talk a fair bit about is that kind of we hold intention we're really excited that this generation of, of Christian disciples know that God can call them into all sectors of, of life of public life fashion industry music industry you know being leaders anywhere but we also are really passionate to call out more youth ministers, aren't we? We really want to see uh, more experts in this area of youth ministry as well. I think a Youth Work Sunday helps to raise the profile of that calling as yes. well, doesn't it? Yes, so good. We, want, we want it all. We want our cake we want it all. and we want to eat it too. We want more and more people to volunteer, more people who are teachers and doctors and investment yes. bankers God loves it all. to invest some of their volunteer time. Yes as volunteers but we also want to say no there's still a specialism Mm. this is such a significant period in anybody's life the teenage Mm. years and it it does demand that we still have some specialists Mm. so um, so we want both we want the volunteer and we want the employed professional now you talked about wanting our cake and eating it producer Rachel is brilliant at making cakes and we both Martin and I in the break because obviously as you know we record a few of these in one day we found we found a tin and it had Rachel's writing on a poster down the top yeah. and both of us our eyes went it's a producer Rachel cake but it's a cake that you you don't cut a slice and hold it in your hand it's so gooey and it cannot be held it's like a moth so you, we actually to had to get a spoon and eat it and then I was doing the whole double dip like can you double dip because basically it's like a chocolate dessert that you're sharing with everybody in the office and I love the Youthscape team but I don't know if I want to share saliva with all of them this morning. I don't know. Wow. So I, how many dips did you go back in for? And did you choose a bit that's far away from where someone else dipped? I, um, I, I was much more methodical. Where you found a you. section, did you? I did. I found an area. And you just mined that that's section. Right. That's exactly and right. And it, it looked like black tar, didn't it? it I mean, did. it looked like you're eating solid tar. It looked like God, a bake. I'll be honest with you, producer Rachel. It looked like it had gone wrong. It did look like it had gone it wrong. It looked like a baking disaster. It wasn't so much soggy bottom as just soggy <laughs> everywhere. <laughs> 
Um, but that was the plan. That was there were design. little drops of heaven. And, and it was no mistake. And yeah. it was vegan. Oh, was it? It was vegan as well. Oh, so even goodness. Lana Pottle, the annoying oh. office vegan, could could could. And the no. least fussy person in history, she never. Oh, she's never fussy about it unless you try and feed her bacon. Yeah, force feed her bacon, which probably she never did. I've never done that. Don't do no, that. Don't force feed bacon. Don't force feed anyone bacon. So that is good. I will never make a cake and bring it to Youthscape just so that you know, because I cannot bake. Are you not? But you're oh. a woman. Oh, I what? Sand. I cannot do anything. Can you not like do baking? That. No, I don't. I don't. And I can't do it, and I won't do it. I, oh. Oh, I just won't do it at all. It's not my thing. So uh, we are very going to quickly going to get on to chatting to our guest in a minute, who hasn't quite yet arrived. But I'm going to go and get her in a few minutes. Okay. But um, it's really exciting when we get to interview a guest who actually is somebody that we know comes to quite a lot of our stuff. Like it's, it's one of those weird things, Martin, when we're like, does anybody listen to this? And then yes. we, some people send messages. And then we might go to events and you meet a youth worker that like has been doing youth ministry for years, but just loves like the podcasts and loves like the lectures that we put on. So we've got a wonderful guest today who we've only got to know because she's reached out and found yeah. us and chased us. But down. also, but also, have you have you thought that maybe she's come on here because she's got some very serious feedback? feedback. Oh, I hadn't even thought that. And she wants to tell us publicly, publicly to our faces, <laughs> to everybody else's ears, <laughs> exactly what's wrong with her complaints. Yeah. No, she's lovely. I don't think she'll do. She that. might be lovely, she but <laughs> she might also be right, right about this. You know. <laughs> Like she might. So while you get your spoon and dig in a bit more yeah. to the tar that is Rachel Warwick's perfectly formed cake, I am going to go downstairs and find in the basement of Youthscape, because she's chatting to one of our team, the wonderful Chioma! It's the Youthscape Podcast! So Rachel has gone downstairs and uh, if you just, just listen out for the footsteps... We're here! That was, that was Rachel that was doing two accent. sets of footsteps. <laughs> that was excellent. It was like Radio 4. It was amazing. Well done. We here you are. And this time you've got someone I with you. I have my friend Shoma. And Shoma, I have to... I'm having a little giggle to myself because you are my friend. And I'm, I'm like your wannabe best friend. But I actually don't know your surname because we do most of our communication on social media. And on social media, you are Shoma Youth Worker. So I just refer to you as Shoma Youth Worker. Is that not your surname? <laughs> no. I'm sure you have an actual surname that isn't Youth Worker. So who are you? Tell us your name. Okay, so my name is Chioma Fanawopo, so that's actually my last name. And um, I've just called myself Youth Worker because I just thought, you know what? Youth Workers are amazing. And yes. I think we need to represent that. So that's what I've called myself Youth Worker. Strong. But also, my surname is not the easiest to say. <laughs> so I thought, save people. Yeah, the embarrassment. Yeah, yeah, and just go for your work. Thank so, you yeah. for that. You are awesome. You <laughs> know it. And I love that because actually that, that, that's how I first met you was on social media because you had this most powerful presence on social media. And I think because of your Twitter handle, Choma Youth Worker, I'm like, oh, she's a woman that's about youth ministry. So I always tune into what you say. But you also really use your platform to really champion women in leadership as well. And I really appreciate that. I think that's, is that a conscious decision of yours to do Absolutely. that? Absolutely. So I think one thing I noticed like on social media is and not just on social media I think it's just so easy for women to pull each other down actually and I think I decided I'm going to be on purpose championing women who are doing great things so it might be women in leadership like yourself Rachel I mean 
I'm a huge fan. Oh, <laughs> you know, we, we love each other on social media. Gosh, this is <laughs> starting to feel awkward. Okay, and Martin too. Yeah, fine. We love you, That's fine. We love you too. We love you too. But um, but I think just really championing, especially setting voices, because actually on social media you usually get things around young people not doing great. So actually another thing I've been doing is saying, hey, this are young people doing amazing, amazing things because they really are. But we don't hear about it in the news. We hear all the things they're not doing right. And so my conscious thing was really saying championing women, championing young people doing amazing things. It's interesting yeah. that line about women pulling each other down yeah. sometimes. And I think we see that with guys as well. Like yeah. we, we, we t- although you know, there's often a concern that, that guys are the ones holding women back. I mm. think sometimes guys feel very confident about pulling other guys down yeah. and, and struggle to, en- we talked about this before, guys mm. struggle to encourage yeah. other guys. Do you see that with women the other way around? Do actually women struggle to encourage and put each other forward? Yeah, absolutely. And that's why I really follow certain organisations. So I think where the city, I think they do a lot of stuff recognising women, I think mm. Precious Awards. So really recognising women and, you know, highlighting some of the amazing things that they're mm. doing. Because I think in the social media space, it can be quite negative. Mm. You're sort of hearing all this, or oh, women are not doing this, or gender pay gap and mm. all of that. But actually saying there are people doing great, great work and mm. for men, to women and so just really raising the profile mm, and organizations awesome. as well actually yeah. so i'm really excited to be here and coming Aww. to your building and just say this building is amazing Aww. i think i was really you know with the lights downstairs i was like wow this is really a cool space i've sort of seen the pictures online but never actually visited so, so it's great yeah. having you i know the team are really excited to you coming to visit us today um, and and we love how you raise your voice and use your voice but also that is kind of a passion of yours to help raise the voice of a generation, isn't it? So you, you're you based in in South London, is That's that right? right? Yeah. So tell us a little bit about how you go about raising the voice of, of a generation. What is it that you, who do you work with? What's that about? Okay, so nearly three years ago, gosh, next month, maybe three years ago, I started working for Release International. So Release are a Christian charity that have been in operation for 50 years. So last year we actually celebrated 50 years wow. of our work. And part of our work is really using our voice as Christians in the West to raise awareness of global persecution. So we do that through practically supporting Christians, either through things like when, say, a pastor gets martyred, sadly, we're able to support the family, Mm. the wives and the children Mm. so that they can still carry on. But also we're able to raise awareness of some of those issues here in the UK. So we do that by equipping the church to say, hang on, do you know that our brothers and sisters around the world are actually facing persecution mm. just because they follow Christ. And what is our response to mm. that? And also saying, how can we as Christians here in the West that are so blessed with freedoms, learn lessons of discipleship from our brothers and sisters? Mm. Because actually, I just feel that we are so blessed. We have Bibles. And mm. actually, in some countries, they don't have Bibles. Mm. You know, And I'll forever remember two years ago, taking the team of young adults on mission, and we went out to Thailand. Now, Thailand is quite a touristy place, so mm. you, know, you see lots of tourism. Mm. But beneath the tourism were Pakistani families that had fled religious persecution and were awaiting resettlement by the UN. Mm. So I'll give a story of a family. Um, father was a doctor, mother was a midwife, and three teenage children who grew up in Pakistan for years, lived in a community where they were a minority. Mm. And um, over the years, they've had issues, you know, being threatened and all of that. But one particular night, they were told, we're going to burn down your clinic. And if you, like, we we really are because Mm. they've been threats. So 
that night they had to leave everything mm. wow. and get on a one-way ticket flight to Thailand because they knew that they could get a visa once they arrived. Mm. Yeah. So they left with nothing. So they arrived in Thailand, no source of income, nothing. But thankfully a group, an organization out there, a charity works to help Christians and places them in churches so that the local church can actually equip oh, them. Wow. But when we spoke to them, both the parents and the teenagers, they were just so thankful and I just thought, how can we learn from that? Yes. I mean, look at us here in the West. Yes. We have everything. We have our Bibles. We have our freedoms. And yet, we still complain. And, you know, I'm not saying that life is yeah. perfect. But actually, for them, they had every reason to be mm. angry with God, mm. to be negative, to just hate God and hate mm. what their life mm. was about. But they chose to just have a really, really mm. positive attitude about that. And, and sort of despite how much our young people in this country have and how entitled they are and how, how entitled we feel they are, yeah. it's interesting how when you tell those stories to teenagers, mm. they, they respond to them every time. Absolutely. They, they take a step back and they immediately, it's like the veil lifts and yeah. they see their privilege. Absolutely. And they think, wow, like this faith that I carry that I take for granted is worth something. Absolutely. So it's actually an incredible discipleship tool yeah. and, and way into talking about you know, deeper faith yeah. to, to expose young people to the story of the persecuted church. And that's, the, not, that's not the only thing, no. you know, obviously, um, you know, we, we need to get them to become activists Absolutely. about the persecuted church as well. But just raising the story yeah. with, with young people is often amazing. It unlocks their, that, that feeling of entitlement. And, and that story that you just shared yeah. as well, there's teenagers in mm. that family. Absolutely. And that it's when there's a story of a teenager. So yeah. there's a story isn't there that we know of within girls brigade in northern nigeria Boko haram mm, kidnapping yeah. girls yeah. Leah, that's yeah, it and yeah. Leah, and and when the, her muslim friends were asked will you you know deny jesus they said but yeah well we're not yeah. christians but for leah saying i love jesus meant yeah. that at 15 or 14 yeah, she yeah. stays and, that, and those those yeah. stories are compelling but also for as adults yeah. like have i got the faith that leah yeah, has absolutely i mean i i remember meeting the abishop of joss um last year he was here in the uk and he says, so Joss is the part of northern Nigeria where Boko Haram is quite active. Right. And he says, in northern Nigeria, we experience persecution on a daily basis. Mm. You know, he says, actually, the issues stem back. He's just written a book, actually, called, I think I've got a copy, Neither Bullet Nor Bomb. But he talks about how fear is not going to let them and wow. stop them from worshipping God mm. and living for mm. God there. Mm. And he said, Leah's mom was one they knew, but... All she did was teach her daughter God's ways. Mm -hmm. And that that daughter was able to say boldly and declare at 14, I will not renounce mm -hmm. my faith, mm -hmm. you know. And so it is really raising awareness of those issues and saying, how can we learn less? Because I say as a 14-year-old, I don't know if I would have said the same, just mm -hmm. like Lena. I really mm -hmm. don't know if I would have mm -hmm. said, I will not renounce my faith. Mm -hmm. I really don't know. But she had such an intense faith. And now, two years later, she is still in captivity. Mm -hmm. yes. And so I know organizations like CSW have been really working yes. to try and secure her release. Um, but that's what we found. So when we went out to Thailand and Laos and met some of those Christians, the young adults that came with us, it definitely inspired their faith, mm. you know. So they came back. I'll give an example of a young lady. Um, I call her Amy. She's based in Northern Ireland. And she went out with us. But one of the things that sparked in her was that real activism mm. when she got back. You know, so mm. she, was, she, she was a theology student at university. And she came back because we had visited some theological training college. And she was like, gosh, they've got nothing. Mm. They just have literally a blackboard. Mm. and that was it mm. and she said 
here I am in the UK, I have books, I have all this amazing facilities mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. I so take for granted. You know, but what inspired in her was that desire to make a difference mm-hmm. to the life of others. So she came back and she organized a half marathon, the Belfast half marathon. So a group of them ran wow. half marathon and she organized um, an underground church event. So an event to sort of get young people thinking, what would it look like if she came to us? Wow. You know, and then finally she decided to write her dissertation on, she's based in Northern Ireland, she decided to write her dissertation on Christian response to refugees in Northern Ireland because wow. what she found was that as Christians, there's a mix, especially in Northern Ireland, not so much here in, mm. in, in England, but actually over there, she said that there's a real mixture of responses when it comes to refugees. Some people mm. think, oh, mm. it's their fault that they're refugees, mm. right. but actually she said, no, they're human beings, they're mm. made in God's image. Mm. We need to do more mm. and not be afraid of the other, so mm. to speak, mm. and actually mm. support. Mm. So she's sure. just completed her dissertation, and I just heard some good news that she actually got first class. Wow! <laughs> yeah, it's a degree, so I'm really impressed. But that, fine. You know. There you go. If you want a first class yeah. degree, <laughs> yeah, go with Choma. But isn't that amazing that, that, that she put herself in a position where she was exposed to a story that's radically different, and she received so much from that that kind of started this chain of events that has brought such awareness to her and to others mm-hmm. you're also involved aren't you sort of more locally in south london in, in kind of looking at this sort of the structures the oppressive structures around young people locally that hold them back from having a voice and maybe keeps them in a sense that this is this is all i can be this is this is the life and and you and i particularly have conversations particularly around a sort of urban youth work and young men in particular mm-hmm. tell us a little bit about that so your, your heart for local guys that you work with okay so as a mum of two young black boys um i currently now officially have a 14 year old gosh how wow. scary is that Very scary. Um, <laughs> and a seven seven year old who's going on 14 equally <laughs> and um but actually for the past obviously about 10 say 18 years or so where i've been involved in youth work one of the things that's been evident is that young people will thrive if they're given the right opportunities. Mm. And so working in, in a city with urban young people in, in Croydon for a number of years, volunteering there at the local um, youth project, one of the things that we saw were some of the boys really didn't have male role models. Mm. And when they found men who believed in them, championed them, mm. it radically changed their lives. And so we have an example of a young man um, called Say his name Mario now because he, he's, he, he speaks openly about it. Got stabbed at 15. Mum decided to move him out of the local area. But what he found were some youth workers who took him on the, their wings, believed in him, discipled him, encouraged him. And this young man actually came to know Jesus. Wow. And his life radically got transformed, so much so that his teachers from school came to church because they were like we have to come and see (laughs) what is brought about the transformation because he was a boy that hated school and couldn't really be bothered at school but his life got transformed this is pretty much every listener is like this is the dream (laughs) scenario the teachers (laughs) see such a change they come to church too so teachers came to church and he actually got an opportunity to speak at the house of commons about his life and his story Mm. and while he was there the head of visa at the time actually offered him a job because he was just like, wow, like, mm. look at your life. And, Amazing. And look at where you're going. So here, mm. so he offered him. But we see that over time and time again, that mm. when young people are believed in mm. and empowered and encouraged, they can go on to achieve great things. Mm. And so 
a year ago we've now moved into a local area in a place called Bexley and really trying to understand what the local needs mm. are because it's slightly quite close to Kent we're starting to see things around county lines yeah. around gangs and grooming and all of that so a group of us have been really meeting locally to um, really have that conversation about how can we be part of the change mm -hmm. and actually meeting with local police and wow. local um, organizations and saying how can we champion youth work and young people in this community? Mm, mm. So there was a, another mum who sadly lost her son to cardiac arrest. So she's been going around saying to the boys, actually, boys, you know, this is what happened to my son. And actually a lot of them stop and listen and mm. say, mm. right, gosh, like, so you must be heartbroken. But look, you're here actually saying to mm, us, mm. you need to change your ways. Mm. So mm, they listen. So mm. a group of us are really trying to look at the whole gang issues. How can we support? How can we help? Mm. Mm. And so we're working with um, another organization called Cribs who do some schools work in the local area. Mm -hmm. So you know Cribs. Yeah. And um, so really, really brainstorming and saying, how can we be part of the solution? Mm. Because mm. what one of the things the Serious Violence Unit team said that in the Bexley borough for years, they said we didn't have an issue with gangs and stuff. Actually, mm. they admit that there is. And actually, mm. they've said Christian boys, um, black Africans. And, and at that moment, when I heard that, actually, it broke my heart because yes. I thought, my boys are in that category. Yeah. How can we get parents being aware? Because mm. I just feel that sometimes mm. as parents, parenting is so different now than it's ever been mm. due to a whole host mm. of the reasons. Mm. Social mm. media, mm -hmm. changes in community. And actually, parents are really not aware and sadly sometimes they become aware when maybe their child has been arrested and the police turns up at their door so we're really saying how can we equip mm. parents but also then equip pastors to say pastors do you actually know where the children from your church go to how are you supporting those parents on their parenting journey so really looking holistically at that how can we be part of the solution and so we're we're in those conversations and by God's grace, look into in the summer or in September actually to start off with um, some space that we've been given close to the town centre where young people, I think they say something like 3,000 young people pass through that town centre wow, so it can great. be a melting wow. point yes, of disaster <laughs> because people are coming yeah, from the north yeah. of the borough, south and they all congregate yeah, so actually yeah. lots go on there mm -hmm. and one of the mums that was with us, she said how while she was out on the streets talking to the boys, actually some people actually gave her their mm. weapon because mm. she and she said gosh wow like and I just, it's that power mm. that young people feel this person cares enough about me mm. to do that and then finally um about september i noticed in the school that my oldest son was attending that in that school they had a large percentage of um black young men but unfortunately not enough role models teachers in there mm. and so one of the things i i, I approached the deputy head and actually said you know i really think that the boys could benefit from seeing positive male role models because actually mm. for some of the boys who get involved in criminal activities is mm. sometimes they just don't have that positive mm. role model so I started to say can we focus on maybe the year nine who so are starting to think of their career options and actually bring a range mm, of positive excellent. role models mm. to show them different professions but also raise their aspiration because yeah. I think that's the other thing so I was able to enlist the help of a few men we had about six men different professionals yeah. from magistrates to um, solicitors to business analysts to businessmen and just really getting them to talk about their journey and saying you know what I didn't really know what I wanted to do but actually this is where I am today mm -hmm. and the key was really saying to them have you considered yes. certain careers because I just think that careers today that didn't exist 10 years ago 
and so showing young people that there are different things they could get involved in you know and and it it was it was such a great experience because actually there was a there was a particular young man that i forever remember his story he was sharing his story of how while he was at university he um was sadly diagnosed with leukemia but he made a decision that on his hospital bed he was going to finish his decision and actually checked himself out of the hospital to go and see his final exam you know and came up with a 2-1 and you know I can't remember what he studied but actually his story when he came to share with the students really inspired them also inspired like even the teachers Mm. and and all of us and it's just showing young people that actually we will all face adversity but it's how we deal with it Mm. that helps us to overcome and um so yeah so just really so my heart is really equipping young people and um and also parents fantastic and and so just just to dig a tiny bit into that um you've talked about um uh, helping young people to understand they're good role models you've talked about equipping uh parents a bit you've talked as well about equipping churches Mm. it feels like in the midst of all that though when you are sitting with a specific individual young person or young mm. man yeah. there is still that kind of golden moment where you need them to um, make a decision yeah. that they're gonna they're gonna embrace a different life to the one they're living and that's the, that's the really challenging but that's the yeah. sort of X factor in the middle yeah. of it and I'm not talking about they've got to decide they're gonna follow Jesus no. necessarily yeah, but they have to decide they are gonna recognise there's something wrong in their world mm. and that's really hard isn't yeah, it because yeah. especially if you've grown up in a a gang culture where there's a real sense of community yeah. or you've grown up in uh, poverty and yeah. therefore there's a real sense of oppression on you yeah. um, you know it's really hard for you to make that that decision that's probably not one moment is it no. it's probably a series of of moments but I wonder how we help equip equip youth workers and churches and others to be to, to instigate those moments and mm. those those conversations where where we're saying guys you've got to it's almost mm. a new version of a repent mm, moment isn't yeah, it? it's a new yeah. repentance moment yeah. where, where a young person has to recognize their their fallenness as yeah. it were yeah. Teachable. Do you got yeah. any thoughts about that yeah absolutely i mean i was thinking of a few people and organizations that do that um and one that i know red thread do quite a mm. they pick on that teachable moment they call it the teachable moment when a young person has just been stabbed and they're in a and they're able to actually say right that's a teachable mm. moment right there that this person maybe is not their first time but at that moment they're willing because they're saying mm. actually here I am here again in this mm. in this hospital bed and I want to make mm. a difference and able mm. to walk with mm. them through that journey to help turn their lives it's around proximity isn't it? I suppose from what you've said Shima that mm. I've picked up from what you're saying it sounds like it's a number of factors working together yeah. and I know that with the stuff that we do here at Youthscape often it's a young person that's suddenly referred to us because mm. the police have been they've been on the police's radar they've yeah. been on the teacher's radar there's a few people in the in the space that suddenly saying actually it's now yeah need to get the project now and i think yeah. it's i love what you're saying this this brilliant grassroots activism that you really carry it's your mm. dna which is let's have everything a place around a young person so when they get to the moment of going I think it's now rather yeah. than that being a big void and there's nobody to help actually suddenly yeah. the, the, the mum knows who to talk to or yeah. the police officer says oh they're, they're ready to do this so yes. let's talk to the chairman and I think so I, I, the question that I, I was thinking to ask you while Martin was um, chatting was um, no your question was brilliant Martin that's not like what Martin was talking <laughs> what Martin was trying to say um, my question to you is um, you're really raising the profile of the parent as 
as the expert of their kid. And so often in youth work, I've been guilty of this. Mm. I've worked with a vulnerable young person, and in my mind, I've automatically gone, parents, they're the disaster. Right, That's why I have to come in. And Krish Kandar, in a podcast a few weeks ago, talked about if you have children in your church or youth group who are in care, the foster carer is the expert. Absolutely. Which doesn't remove the, the young no. person's voice, no. but it says actually, if, if they're caring for them 24-7, yeah. and, and yeah. I guess that's what you're saying, is yeah. that often it is maybe a mother or yeah. a foster carer who yeah. is living with this teenager, yeah. and the relationship might be difficult at the moment, but yeah. actually they know this child, Absolutely. and we as youth workers need to be honouring of that relationship a bit more and say, what do you know of your son or your daughter that we need to know about? Like, how do we back you up in this? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I think you're absolutely right. I mean, I'm reminded of a youth project that I um, started in inner city London. Um, and what I noticed there was that actually the parents were really struggling. They were having a difficult time with their teenager, but actually ultimately they knew them the most. And I think it was that whole thing around saying, how can we support parents? So actually saying, you know what, your child is going through a difficult time, they don't want to go to school. So we had a particular boy, didn't want to go to school, didn't want to engage, but actually he loved coming to youth club because one of the things that we identified about him was that he loved art. And so we would put on art sessions wow. and we'll have wow. a Xbox or whatever, a PS4, but he loved art and mm. he was quite hands-on and loved all the hands-on learning. Mm, brilliant. So with him, he was saying to mom, actually we can come with you to a meeting mm. that you're going to because I think sometimes as parents it's that pressure where oh, you feel yeah. judged especially yeah. when your child oh, is not doing gosh, what they yeah. should be doing yeah. you're feeling suddenly everyone All is against me yeah. yeah but yeah. knowing that actually there's this youth worker that says you know what you're doing a good job and yeah. I just want to be there to actually help and support yes. you yes. that goes such a long way and I think that's one thing I was really really aware of and really seeing that how as youth workers we need to work alongside mm. parents because mm. as you rightly said they're the expert they know their child but then you as a as a professional working together can help mm. change that young person's life. Mm. Absolutely. No, I think uh, as a youth worker, I need to take that on board more. I remember years ago doing a programme with a psychologist where we were the parents of children of teenagers who um, were in custody or they had were on tag or whatever it was. These parents came to us for a, a programme and we we just did basic things like teach them how to get their breathing, so it's dealt with their stress. We mm -hmm. talked about their need of privacy because often their teenagers were coming home at three in the morning, yeah. and the police were bringing them mm -hmm. back. And mm -hmm. so this this parent's life was suddenly incredibly chaotic. chaotic. They didn't yeah. have like the actually I can be in my own now and have a bit of chill out time because they didn't know when when their kid was coming home. Mm -hmm. And just helping the parents kind of put some yeah. good boundaries in place yeah. to reparent their kid again was I thought gosh as a youth worker I need to love parents a bit more. Yeah, yeah. awesome, Choma. So uh, it's amazing stuff. If we want to find out more about release. Is it Release International? It's Release yeah. International, but the youth arm is called Release Potential. Potential. Brilliant. So how can we find out more? What's okay, so visit releaseinternational.org and we've actually got some resources that we're giving away to youth workers, so I'll definitely recommend Ooh, them. We like you. And really? so, um, two of them, one is called Persecution Uncovered and it's a six-week series that you can look at. What, the, what is persecution? How can we as Christians stand in solidarity with our brothers and wow. sisters that face yeah, persecution? Yeah. What does forgiveness look like? Because actually a lot of times... They're saying we've had to forgive those who've wow. rescued us, you know. And so that's such a good yeah, resource that I'll definitely say is available on our website. And the second one is called Back to Basics and it's a fresh look at discipleship. What does that look like with real life stories of Christians mm. and how we can learn the cost of following Jesus, mm. my brothers, sisters. And then thirdly, we've got this map 
and it's quite a good map a good visual aid for mm, young people to really and everyone church really so you can, can have teach a free you copy. where different countries are yeah, yeah. It can teach you that as well. alex drew if you're listening you can <laughs> yeah. find out where kosovo is <laughs> no kosovo is not here oh, but yeah goodness. but actually and i will give you and this you can have as a copy oh, to thank you yes yeah, yeah yeah um and also you can subscribe to our magazine it's a quarterly magazine where you get information and things to pray about for Christians mm. and face persecution. One of the wonderful things about the sort of persecuted church charity world yeah. is that there are several of you and you sort of uh, seem to work together yeah. really well. Yeah. So there's sort of different facets. So if you're already engaged with one of the other uh, persecuted church organisations but not with Release International, you would a different flavour. That's right. And Absolutely. you should definitely do that as well. Um, so it's releaseinternational.org. I think that was a fantastic interview. The thing I am taking from it, and I know you st- slightly quoted someone else, but this idea of um, the moment, mm. um, what did Red Thread call it? What did, teachable moment. Teachable they, they moment. Yeah. I think that is a fascinating yeah, idea for I us to, so. to mull on a bit more. Mm. Um, because, you know, we, we did a bit of research here at um, Youthscape last year or the year before called No Questions Asked, and we found out that young people don't naturally have those apologetics, those classic apologetics questions at the surface anymore they're not they're not walking around asking who made god no. or anything like that and so creating resources and approaches to youth ministry that try and answer those questions have a flaw in them but what we did find then talking to young people is they, they do feel the need to pray they do feel those questions arise in moments of crisis mm-hmm. and in moments of feeling unsettled and their world changing and it's the same we're pulling at the same idea here of the teachable moment so maybe you know a, a, a way a frame for looking at youth ministry now is it's all about preparing ourselves it's relationship that prepares ourselves for the teachable moment yeah. so i thought it was fascinating yeah no, that's you. that's Thank really you. good but yeah definitely check out our work and our change maker program where we encourage young people to um on a flexible volunteering year out where they can get involved in mission trip um prayer advocacy and using their voice for good and really just being active citizens of their world that is amazing you are creating we might say teachable moments for young people yes we love it so we're gonna i'm just gonna keep saying that now you you love it don't you there'll be a new resource called teachable moments that's mine now so uh we're gonna do some shout outs with you in the room which is very very exciting i think i'm gonna add you to our shout out so is it how do i pronounce your surname chioma fanawapo fanawapo brilliant fantastic so big shout out to you and to all your colleagues working in Bexley area and um, in Release Potential Uh, and a big shout out to Joe Taylor because we're still eating the sweets that you brought us still there we didn't didn't share them with the rest of the team that's why Uh, hello Preston yes hello not Preston Preston Sprinkle Preston (laughs) the city city. (laughs) and also within it because I said I'd do this at least once yes Stephen Mitchell long time listener and friend um, possibly currently reading my book so I'm going to be especially nice to you you're great I love you yeah (laughs) Then Alan Galt and Gareth Ooh. Crispin. We think you're amazing. Yes, and, uh, you Alan I, is great. Oh, I've met oh, him. Alan. Yeah. Hi, Alan. Alan's got a friend on the yeah. podcast. Yeah. So I feel the need for more like, sound effects. So can I do the walking away? Do you, oh, can gosh. I do that? I thought can, you just had a... Can, know, I, can I do walking away? And also, like, when you're walking as if you're going down steps. So yeah. Oh, is that what you're going to do? The podcast, listener, is make no sense, but it just feels fun to me. This is how the podcast is going to end this week. Bye. In Rachel's amazing shoes, actually, I must say.
That was what a great way of ending the, the podcast. I feel like that was one of the better podcasts. And that you, was great with me. You leaving. significantly diminished it right at the end. See you next time. <laughs>